Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Discover the power within Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This is Bishop Heather Shea at the United Palace of Spiritual Arts, the home of spiritual artistry. This month's open conversation explores spiritual artistry with the world renowned writer, teacher, and researcher of human consciousness, Dr. Jean Houston. Joining me today are my co-hosts, Reverend Dr. Jose Roman and Reverend Rob Way. Today we will be exploring an emerging spiritual path, spiritual artistry with one of the most extraordinary minds and spirits of our time. Scholar, philosopher, writer, and researcher into human capacity, Dr. Gene Houston is one of the foremost visionary thinkers and doers of our time. So, uh, Dr. Houston, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Reverend Jose, it's a very great pleasure to be here with all of you. I can't wait to hear what we all have to say. <laughs> so, so are we. We are extremely excited that you're with us. Um, truly one of the uh, most important um, um, spiritual teachers of our time. Uh, Dr. Houston is long regarded as one of the principal founders of the human potential movement. She is noted for her ability to combine a deep knowledge of history, culture, new science, spirituality, and human development into her teaching. She is known for her interdisciplinary perspective, often delivered in teachings that entertain, elevate, inspire, and often even transform her audience. A prolific writer, Dr. Houston is the author of well over 30 books, including Jump Time, A Passion for the Possible, Search for the Beloved, Life Force, The Possible Human, and Manual of the Peacemaker, to name just a few. Dr. Houston has been an advisor to UNICEF and has also worked with the United Nations Development Program. Over the last 60 years, Dr. Houston has worked in over 190 countries. She has been an advisor to First Ladies, met numerous American presidents and world leaders, helped to lead institutions of higher learning, and coached great leaders and activists 
serving in a multitude of disciplines. Today, she is also the chair of the board of directors of the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. Jean Houston holds a BA from Barnard College, a PhD in psychology from the Union Graduate School, and a PhD in religion from the Graduate Theological Foundation. She has been the recipient of honorary degrees and is known truly throughout the world. Dr. Houston once described her passion in the following manner, to encourage the inherent possibilities, vision, and capabilities that lie within each person and or group and translate them into positive action. In short, Dr. Houston has dedicated her life to transforming individual human lives and healing this very often broken world. Dr. Houston, indeed welcome to Open Heart Conversations. And we have a uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful co-host who wants to ask you a very important question to begin our conversation. So, well, I know we could spend hours talking about just about any topic based on your background, Jean. So given the time frame and the topic of today, Jean, what is spiritual artistry? And, and in particular, what is your interest in spiritual artistry? Well, you know, I think I can answer that by telling a story always like to start with stories. It was years ago, and I think it was part of the World Health Organization. It was a special um, assignment to go with American doctors, young doctors, to a, a Pueblo Indian ceremony where there was a man, a Native American man, who was suffering from all kinds of diseases. He had about four or five diseases, and it was not expected that he would live more than a few months. So the uh, religious leaders of the tribe, the spiritual leaders, said, well, let's have a ceremony with Corn Mother. And so they brought this man out, and he was very, very weak. And he lay down in the center, and the tribal people gathered around, and children and dogs and cats, you know. And we from the West were sort of nicely put off to the side, but we could, could really watch. And what happened first was a lot of dancing and singing. And the dancing, hey, 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 and it went on and on and on. And then for the next, I believe it was about seven days, they told the story of Corn Mother and the creation of the earth and of all the species, the animals, and ultimately the humans. Well, one noticed a kind of energetic presence. That's the only way I could describe it. 
that has filled the earth. Seven days, day and night. I mean, they would get up to take care of functions, but then they would come back. And we were all intensely focused on the arisal of the story of origins. The idea is that they were taking this man back to original space, original time, spiritual space, spiritual time, dancing, music, evocation, and above all, the telling of the story of creation. Well, this went on, as I said, for quite some time. And at the end of the seven days, the man stood off. Oh, no, that, that before it stood, they brought in paints, but the paints that were colored sands. And they painted on his body the story of Corn Mother and creation in sands. And then they blew him off, and he stood up, and he was utterly healed. And it wasn't just he who was healed. I was having some bad headaches at that time. My headaches vanished for good. People who wore very thick glasses, suddenly they could see better. These, these are the people from the West, the Western doctors. But we knew that we had been present at perhaps one of the most complete experiences of spiritual artistry. Things had to change. The world had to shift. The man had to get well. Bring in the drumming. Bring in the music. Bring in the singing. Bring in the story. Bring in the absolute belief agreement to the miracle happening. Spiritual artistry. And of course it happened. So, Jean, is spiritual artistry a new religion? I don't think it is a religion. I think it is a very ancient grouping of spiritual practices, of tapping into the core reality of what and who we all are. We are spiritual. I used to know a man by the name of Teilhard de Chardin. He once said, we are not just human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that has stayed in my mind whenever I traverse the vast plains of spirituality. We are essentially spiritual beings. And if we take that to the new sciences, we are the cosmos in, in micro form. We, we don't just live in the cosmos. The cosmos lives in us. We are not, as I'm happy to say, encapsulated bags of skin dragging around dreary little egos. We are organism environment, and the environment is the whole blooming universe. So I think that what happens in spiritual reality, whether you get to it through the dancing or the singing or the invocation or the prayers or the meditation or the laughter or the loving or the crossing of the great divide of otherness and the deep seeing of another, however it happens, spirit central, spirit rises, and we know ourselves as connected 
to a universe, to a spirituality, to a reality larger than our aspiration and more beautiful and more complex than all our dreams. So, so Dr. Houston, I understand that spiritual artistry, as it's been articulated at the United Palace, has five tenets. Um, before we explore, explore them, can you explain to us what do you mean by tenets? Well, tenets are statements that hopefully enclose ideas that can direct, inspire, and give impetus to whatever it is that you wish to explore, especially explore at depth. That's important. They're not dogmas. They're, they're statements of inspiration, in other words. Very, very important point. Spiritual suggestions in this case. Excellent. So let's, let's begin by exploring these five tenets of spiritual artistry. I understand that the first one begins by asserting that spiritual artistry is open and inclusive of all people. In fact, what does that mean? I mean, for example, can I be a Christian and a spiritual artist or, or a Buddhist and a spiritual artist? And Jane, I think it is important for our listeners because in spiritual artistry, we do welcome Jesus, Buddha, other great teachers, and and for 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 many of us and for many years, uh, to work with our guides and our process, it is to be of support to these great leaders. But I'd like you to talk about that a little bit more. Well, of course, the main aspect of this is we are all spiritual, and we have enormous imaginative and artistic tendencies. It comes with the fact of being human. So you put those two together and what you've got is not only the spiritual artistry, you also have huh, the longing for being part of a reality that is so extraordinary. We need aesthetic, artistic forms to be serve as beacons, as guideposts, as well as being generative forces that cause that which is deepest and goodest and most beautiful in us, our capacity for arting together with the universe to come into being. So it encompasses all people, all religions, all atheists, anybody who is in this, what should I call it, wearing this biodegradable space-time suit called a human being can be and should be a spiritual artist. The second tenet states that spiritual artistry is your individual creative expression. What does that mean? Well, often spiritual artistry is, is that and more because what it does it activates our uniqueness. We are all marvelously unique. No one is like any other person in, in their fullness. 
And yet at the same time, you realize that we began as a little tiny dot, you know, being fertilized spermate. We were just this dot. And that this dot in a very quick grew into you and me. How did this happen? Well, spiritual artistry is like that. It's a dot of incredible coded aesthetics, artistry, beauty, form, creativity. And when we bring our consciousness to it, it begins to expand in all kinds of ways. I'm reminded of uh, having been in West Africa and they were having some uh, collective problems. It had to do actually with sanitation. So the whole tribe got together. And they danced, and they danced, and they danced, and they danced. And the little babies danced on the shoulders of the mothers, and the old people danced. Everybody danced. And they danced to this incredibly rumbling, powerful drumming. And they thought that the Vodan, the gods, will come through. And as the gods came through, they began saying the sun began to fall away. Some fell, but they were filled with ideas and not just ideas, but with enormous energies of purpose to create this new system and a system which helped save the whole village, the system of um, the, the cleansing of the sewage. So they, they, they found, and I would say, was this an engineering process? Well, I suppose but ultimately it was spiritual artistry because we are, spiritual artistry brings us to a state of being transparent to transcendence, having access to the whole. I'm an old scholar of Plato, and one of my favorite aspects in the Platonic dialogues is where he talks about the divine ideas in Greek, the idos, the divine ideas that everything has a greater idea, a greater artful form behind it. And that includes us. I think that in the actual activity of what we're calling spiritual artistry, this idos, this optimal template (laughs) that is coded in us and comes on wings of glory and color and sound and dance and artistry. It is us in the state of spiritual artistry, we become more alive than we have ever known, more joyful and uh, utterly creative. So is that why you assert that every single person is a spiritual artist? Well, I think we I think every person has access to the enormous gifts of the cosmos, the what did Rumi call it, the treasury of unseen generosities. And I think that in the artful form, whether it be song or dance, or in my case, in my dad's case, Jokes, comedy. My father was a comedy writer. He joked. He actually wrote the joke, who's on first, or claimed to be. <laughs> who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Who's on third? Remember it all? <laughs> and uh, so you see already in, in the spiritual artistry of the comic, they take the world, they shake it up, you know, and they turn it inside out, and then they give you essentially 
a new world. People always say, Gene, you've worked with so many kinds of people. Who are the smartest people that you've ever met? And I would have to say Catholic religious nuns, because they're the highest educated and they've had every experience, but maybe one, <laughs> and, and, com- and comedians who are always turning the world upside down, turning it into a kaleidoscope of new possibilities. Both are artists supremely. Gene, the, the third tenet of spiritual artistry states that spiritual artistry are acts of spiritual imagination that inspire and communicate. Can you please explain that to us? That inspire and communicate. Communicate. Well, in the level of communication, in artistry, we cross the great divide of otherness. Regardless of what the art form is, I mean, I used to go wandering in, you know, 20th century modern museums, the art section, and I would be, I try to stay with the older art forms that I could understand, like the Renaissance paintings or that often celebrated religious themes. But, but then I would look at a painting that I said, what is this? It was essentially light, maybe a little shadow and a dot, again, the divine dot. And I could not understand what it was until I read something by the artist uh, Kandinsky about these kinds of empty canvases with light open up the portals of your mind and your imagination to enter into either the deep quiet or the utter power of nothingness in which everything abides. Gene, the fourth tenet proclaims that love, compassion, and gratitude for all creation, love, compassion, and gratitude for all creation are central to spiritual artistry. Can you explain that to us? Well, love opens up the portals of the heart that leads to compassion. Again, you cross the great divide of otherness. You see that we are ultimately in a great single unity. So that's the compassion. And the third piece that you mentioned. Gratitude for all creation. Yes, but you see you're already there. The two, love and gratitude open, I mean, love and, and this compassion open up gratitude. You realize, hot dog, we're here in this incredible, strange universe that is offering so many opportunities, so many challenges, so many old ways of beings that are yearning to be new ways of being. So there and even politics, excuse me, could also be a transcendent art form when taken by people who are filled with love and compassion and gratitude. 
you see. I don't think we've been investigating the frontiers of, well, politics, but what is politics? It comes from a, a word in ancient Greek, which is politeia. The politeia is the gathering of people of good heart to make a better tribe, a better system, a better civilization or culture. And hopefully we are at the point, because I like to believe it, at the end of the old patriarchal wars, as women rise and everything will shift, because with women, the emphasis is on process rather than product, on making things cohere, develop, and grow. What is that? That's spiritual artistry. Process rather than product is already an art form. And the evocation of those little dots that are ourselves into the unfolding of the optimal art form of ourselves, what I've been calling the optimal templates. It's, it's really interesting. As, as you speak, I'm beginning to see the connection, the extraordinary connection that exists between these tenets, because in many ways, the third tenet speaks of the importance, the importance of communication to spiritual artistry. And the fourth tenet speaks to love and compassion. So that what really spiritual artistry is communicating is not a theology or a dogma or a philosophy. It's really, if you will, it's a power of the heart, a transformative power of the heart. That's the communication that spiritual artists seem to be centrally focused on. Am I correct? I think so. I mean, ultimately, it's don't let your dogma be run over by your karma. <laughs> That's exactly right. (laughs) The final final tenet uh, states of spiritual artistry that it is now and ever evolving. What does that mean? Well, hopefully that means that means us. It means that we have to tap into the great domains of the artful considerations in order to evolve. Evolution is not about people, a bunch of scientists getting together and creating a robot or a faster machine. That is merely technology in the service of the higher heart and service of the spirit. See. So I I really believe that what we have in spiritual artistry is a new way home to the genius that we all contain. I'm Bishop Heather Shea of the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. We'll be back in a minute with Jean Houston. Thanks for listening. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. We now return to our open heart conversation on spiritual artistry. I mean, ultimately, it's don't let your dogma be run over by your karma. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> the final, the final tenet uh, states of spiritual artistry that it is now and ever evolving. What does that mean? Well, hopefully that means that means us. It means that we have to tap into the great domains of the artful considerations in order to evolve. Evolution is not about people, a bunch of scientists getting together and creating a robot or a faster machine. That is merely technology in the service of the higher heart and service of the spirit, you see. So I, I really believe that what we have in spiritual artistry is a new way home to the genius that we all contain. When I was eight years old, I went to a special school where they took us to meet the great elders of the time. And we were taken to meet Albert Einstein. We were trotted across the river and we went in and there was a big chalkboard with a lot of equations on it and we sat down. And after a while, the old gentleman came in, very sweet, had a lot of hair, seemed a little big. He smiled at us. We smiled at him. And he said, do you have any questions? <laughs> and one of our really smart aleck kids said, uh, uh, Mr. Einstein, how can we get to be as smart as you? He said, read fairy tales. We did not like that answer at all. So another smart aleck kid, Mr. Einstein, then how can we get to be smarter than you? Read more fairy tales. Well, he said a few other things, but uh, when it was over, which was actually a short meeting, I, I stayed behind and I said, Mr. Einstein, what you're talking about is imagination, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, imagination. You know, is my main quality. Everybody thinks I'm this woohoo, this frou-frou genius. It's, no, no, actually, I'm a terrible mathematician. I get the students to do the math. What I have is a wonderful imagination. Who I am. So, yes, I get on the light beam and I write it. And then we have new theories of how the world works and gravity. And the kids, they do the math. But imagination is key to all creativity. That's what he told me. And in my work with oh, lots of people all over the world, I would have to say that that is true. That the imagination is part of the Huh. The God energy, the God creativity in which we are fired to begin to create and create over and over again and join the great universe herself in the constant operation of creative discovery, renewal, and ultimately giving us the capacity to transcend our localness, illumine our localness, and stop boring God 
by adding more and more beautiful, positive, positive, possible ways of enhancing the great mind of the universe, spiritual artistry. Wow. Gene, many spiritualities and religions have some concept of ultimate reality. Some traditions use words like God, goddess, the Tao, the Holy Trinity, Buddha, nature, the great spirit, to speak of ultimate reality. Does spiritual artistry have any formal conception of ultimate reality? No, I think spiritual artistry is always in the quest of the nature of reality as it is expressed through the individual. There are as many spiritual realities as there are individuals on the quest of uh, imagination, bringing the imagination into form or into music or into poetry or into comedy. But often people feel when they have made a breakthrough or where they see something that is so filled with living presence, they then feel that they have touched the transcendent domain from which everything unfolds. But they don't tend to use words like ultimate because that's with, that's too limited. That would foreshorten the whole artistic adventure. Gene, many spiritualities and religions have within them sages, avatars, incarnated deities, prophets, teachers, founders. Does spiritual artistry have anything such as a founder or an avatar that it particularly um, adheres to or, or, or learns from? Do you have any of these in within the context of spiritual artistry? You know, as you tell me that, I'm thinking of a cathedral. I call it Chart Cathedral. And when was it? The 12th? Well, it was built over hundreds of years. It's a vast cathedral, and I'm going back to the, the 13th century. And I'm watching who is going in, and it's farmers, and, and it's weavers, and it's people who are living on the land, and they, their backs are rather bent over, and they, they come in for the first time, and they look up, and whoa, the massive, magnificent heights the stained glass windows that seem to be the very, (sighs) the quickening of the light within ourselves because of the glory of the light through those windows. They hear the magnificent songs and they are uplifted and they are changed by the, the glory, the total glory on almost every level of the artistry that is there and the smells too, because everybody is sharing their, <laughs> their lunches. <laughs> so Jean, many religions and or traditions also have spiritual practices 
and or rituals uh, meant to connect with them. Yes, of course. What are the spiritual practices of spiritual artistry? People, the human being requires the lure of becoming. And the great teachers, spiritual teachers, Buddha, Jesus, the great Taoist, Lao Tzu, masters, the shamans and dancers, the ones who have found their, the poets, of course, who have found their way to the bridge between themselves and the God self by virtue of having a model, an evocateur. And I think that that's what these great figures stand for. I once created an exercise in which I had people imagine the great white rose of the Imperium, which you see in Dante, the final chapters in Dante's Divine Comedy. But I changed the story so that people would walk through the chrysanthemum and it would be going inward and inward, and they would meet all the great spiritual teachers, known and unknown, until they got to the center where they discovered that they were indeed one of the great spiritual teachers. I think that the teachers serve as way showers, sometime in a comical form. Glinda in The Wizard of Oz, follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Interesting enough, the yellow brick road is something celebrated in many cultures as in Native American as the road of spiritual pollen that will take you to your highest dream. That's something else, I think, that the way showers, the, the spiritual adepts, the ones who have crossed into the true reality that we are not schizophrenic, we are polyphrenic. We have many not only different sides, qualities, personalities, but we have depths, which at this time in history, it would be a wondrous thing if we could take tours of our own depths, something that happens at the palace, I believe, and in our work in spiritual artistry, tours of the depths where so much more exists of art, of poetry, of music, of kindness, of charity, of love, of crossing the great divide of otherness, of deep seeing of another. That's one of the great artful forms, the deep seeing of the other so that they themselves can see themselves and begin to rise. This is rising time. This is not a bad time. People try to say, oh, what a bad time. Out would come the litany of present horrors, which are real, of course. But remember that most renaissances, renascita, rebirth, have been preceded by awful times not unlike our own. The Black Plague of Europe, 
half of Europe dying, the terrible breakdowns of cities and cultures, and then suddenly this renaissance. Spiritual artistry helps us find the renaissance in ourselves. So in small or large way, we can bring that renashita, that regeneration, that time of recreation, that time of new creation, that time of the advancement of new ways of being. So we stop boring God and we begin to bring in, how about this? Here's a new way of thinking of constitutions. How about that? Let's cross the great divide of otherness so that we can really feel our, on the artfulness of our underlying unity and goodness and love. Yes, I'd have to say spiritual artistry in whatever form it takes engages the human being with his or her own spiritual depths. And indeed, we do know that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So let us go for the experience. Let us become artful in our life, in our ways, in our means. And above all, in love. I think in love then attunes to great love or then the final words in Dante's Divine Comedy, L'amore che movi e sole e l'altra stelle. The love that moves the sun and moves all the stars, and I would add, and can move in all of us, and shall and will. For these are the times of a new turning of the page of possibility as spiritual artists. Focus. That's a very big one. Really focus, sustain focus. Sustain focus changes everything <laughs> in the mind brain system. Being caught up in an image or a vision or a new possibility that you have to translate into one artistic form or another. The, then, then also the banishing of the mind of everything in it so that we become, again, transparent to the transcendence that is there trying to rise in our body, minds, and spirits. In spiritual artistry, we are co-artists. We are co-creative. We are ones who bring the human form and its genius the human body-mind system, into both genius and availability to the great cosmic artist who works with us and through us. Um, with that being said, um, are there any sap- sacred scriptures of spiritual artistry? Well, you know, when you read the great poetries, the poetic words, because they're often inspired, in spiritual books, whether east or west or north or south and south, or the, wherever they come from, those books, often coming from a certain time, yet seem to have a timeless power 
behind them. Whether I'm reading uh, a biblical passage of the Tao Te Ching or one of the sutras, there is a great, or one of the great poets, like really spiritual poets like Rumi or Hafiz or some of the modern women poets. Who am I thinking of? Who's your favorite, Bishop Heather, the women poets? Well, I would always be thinking of Isaac Dennison or, or Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson. That's modern, but those are... Yes, they're very, very good. Oh. I met Isaac Dennison when I was 10 years old. <laughs> My father was writing for a, uh, an interesting comic, and he would bring interesting people on. And I was in the back room in the, uh, where they put on the makeup. And here was this fascinating lady. She was very thin. I mean, bones. She was, her bones were popping out. And, and she wore a, a great kind of, uh, I guess, a hat that enclosed her whole head. And there for the two hours, she told me wondrous stories, wondrous stories, not just out of Africa, but the stories about anything. And then I would say, tell me a story about the bird who lost his home. Whoa, it was there. Tell me the story how the earth was created. And then they would come. She, would, she, was, she was the archetypal spiritual artist of words and stories, and I was never the same after that session. And that's so important. Now, does spiritual artistry have any specific holidays or times of celebration? I think wherever there is celebration, there is spiritual (laughs) artistry. Because often the celebration, the most artful forms come along. The baby in the cradle, you know, or the celebration of the release out of Egypt or whatever it is. Uh, it, it tells the stories. And more than that, it supports the revelation of a new story for yourself. So every day is a holiday. <laughs> That's exactly right. I remember that. So when I don't show up to work on Monday, it's a holiday. Sorry. (laughs) I've just become a spiritual artist. That is what you are. I know you well. And you are definitely a spiritual artist, my friend. (laughs) Bishop Heather, I know that you have a final question for our guest, Dr. Jean Houston. Well, I, I, I have so many more questions, but we have time for one more. And, and Jean, uh, you know, this is so intriguing and, and what an extraordinary time. And we are so honored. Uh, if somebody wants to learn more about spiritual artistry, what can they do or where can they go? They can go to the United Palace of Spiritual Arts where you have regular procedures, celebrations, explorations of spiritual artistry as part of your deep theme 
of activating. I don't want to say the new human, but the human who is up to the new possibilities. Be not afraid. You were made for these times. And I can think of no way that is better to activate this new understanding of the self that releases again that little primordial dot into the magnificent beingness that you have within you than the way of the arts and especially of the spiritual arts. Bishop Shay, I know that uh, we're living in times when some folks may not necessarily want to go directly to this gorgeous, spectacular building called the United Palace of Spiritual Arts in Upper Manhattan, but there are other ways that they can also connect with the United Palace, no matter where they live in the world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, just just briefly, and thank you. Um, we are available online. We have a, a wonderful range of programming from the power of spiritual artistry to Jean talking about goddesses, that great series to Planet Place, to Dreams of the Night. There's quite an assortment there for people to begin to expand it themselves. And I would just encourage people to celebrate the arts, sing more, dance more, and just know that they are more. And whatever it is for them, whether it's taking a walk, if it's hugging a baby, if it's cooking, whatever it is, especially in this times that percolates and accesses and aligns their divinity with their daily life and being. And just thank you. Thank you, Jose and, and, and Reverend Jose. And thank you, Reverend Rob, for being here and for all those magnificent people behind the scenes who are making this possible. And Jean, thank you. And Jose, for, for final words, please. Or Rob also. Now, I, I feel the same level of gratitude you do. Uh, thank you, uh, um, Bishop Shea, um, for all that you do and for supporting this program and for your guidance. Uh, thank you so much, dear brother, uh, Reverend Rob, uh, for having um, participated in this program as you've participated in many other programs. And certainly, above all, we want to thank our guests, uh, Dr. Jean Houston, one of the most extraordinary and inspirational uh, teachers of our time. We love you and we are so grateful to you. Thank you so much. When you hear the words spiritual artistry, what do you think of? Perhaps a painting? in your place of worship, or a statue, or some scripture or song evoking the divine, or perhaps the thought of spiritual artistry brings out the idea of a rainbow, or a sunset, perhaps a lovely dinner, or a dance, or a million other memories from the masterpiece called Your Life. Here at the United Palace of Spiritual Arts, 
we believe spiritual artistry is open and inclusive of all people. You are a spiritual artist, directly crafting your soul's calling each and every day. Your individual creative expression is an integral part of the design. Spiritual artistry begins with you, your actions, your creations, your connections with one another. Those are acts of spiritual imagination that inspire and communicate as we create our collective consciousness. And we do this through love, compassion, and gratitude for all creation, for now and ever evolving. I invite you to take a moment to reflect on spiritual artistry. What are you imagining? What are you manifesting? What does your life song or dance look like? Breathe now and step into the brilliance and abundance of your life's creative expression. You've been listening to our series, Open Heart Conversations, offering dialogues from the world's religions and spiritual traditions, recorded here at the United Palace of Spiritual Arts. Please visit us in Manhattan or online at upspiritualarts.org. Until next time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 